Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, we're in this series, and it's talking to each of us about not wasting our past. And I know that we try to turn the page pretty quickly when things are unpleasant. But one of the things that God teaches us through the scriptures is that he wants us to really learn from it and to grow from it and to be able to use the things of the past to be able to create a new and glorious future that is filled with his blessings. One of the characters in the Bible that went through exactly that is Joseph. And Joseph is often seen as a figure of Jesus himself, someone who in the scriptures is showing us what it looks like to just be an everyday dude where things can happen that are not good. And when you are in a situation where people are organized against you, like his own brothers were, where they literally had nothing but murderous thoughts on their minds and hearts and put them into action just so that they could remove him from their midst. You know what it's like to feel like the whole world is against you. There are moments in your life where you feel like nothing is going for you, where everything seems to be against you. That's why in the scriptures when we read about Jesus explaining and ex describing what it would be like for his followers to live in this world, he made it clear that we would face trouble, that they would be tough times. But then he told us to also take courage because with him we would be able to overcome it and overcome the world in which we were in. And whatever it is that you're dealing with and facing in your life right now, you need to know that God wants to see you through that, but not before we have also learned from the past. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how God uses everything for our good. And it's a tough subject, difficult, because there are so many tragic and traumatic experiences that have occurred that we can't imagine that those things God can use. But when God says that he can use everything, he means everything. There isn't anything that is excluded from that list. There are things that we exclude from it. There are things that we don't want to remember, things that we don't want to relive, things that we don't want to be reminded of. But those are the things that we sometimes never properly heal from, learn from, and grow from as a result. And so in the life of Joseph, there is a key moment in his life where he's at home and he's the favored son of many sons and he's the youngest and the most spoiled. It's clear in the scriptures that's the case. He's the most loved. And God gives him a vision. He gives him a plan and a future for his life. And what Joseph does is that in his immaturity, he rushes to tell those that are in his household what that vision, what that plan 
and what that purpose is. Even though he doesn't fully comprehend it and grasp it, but he sees his own personal greatness in it. And in seeing his own personal greatness, he describes that greatness. And he describes it in the way that he had received it in his dream. And as a result, his brothers end up hating him even more. Let's take a look at this passage it's in Genesis 37. We're going to read just a few verses here. In verses 5 to 8, it says that one night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, and we were tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. And his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think that you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he talked about them. And so we can tell from that last line that this isn't just something that he shared once, but it's something that he repeatedly shared. It was something that was in constant discussion, at least to a level where it kept coming up and his brother's anger towards him was intensified to the point of hating him and wanting his death. And I, I think that we're all repelled by pride. We all have it, but we're all very good at spotting it in someone else. We are experts in seeing people when they are not shining with humility. And as a result, we point that out and it irritates us, it bothers us, and we sometimes don't know how to deal with that. And that's exactly what happens in this story. I don't think that Joseph was intentionally filled with pride, but that's what he was filled with. And, and I don't think that he set out to turn his family upside down like he did and have his brothers revolt against him, but that's what happened. And, and so there was a level of immaturity that was clearly evident in Joseph's life that, that God needed to deal with before he could have that dream that he had truly given him realized. The things of this life have a way of humbling us and preparing us for what God has for us like nothing else. I wish that I would just be an obedient son to the Father in heaven the way that he wants me to. But I have learned that in my stubbornness, rebelliousness, and even an attitude, and even in my inability to humble myself in times in which that was clearly the path, instead of the one of pride that I chose instead, that I needed to go through certain things and be humbled by them instead. I wasn't going to learn my lesson any other way. And so God used this life and the things of this life to show me the things that were hidden in my life 
so that he could show me the things that he has for my life that I had never seen or truly understood before. The things that are hidden are the things that God wants to reveal because what he has revealed at the very beginning is greater than anything any one of us in this room can imagine for ourselves. And so here's the thing, and we learned this from Joseph, that the biggest danger to ourselves is ourselves. The danger wasn't his brothers until Joseph created an environment by the telling of his dream for his brothers to want to hate him and kill him. And we often just think about this story and think, well, how rotten are these brothers? And how, how disgusting it is for this household to want to kill one of their own. But what we don't see in the story is Joseph's part in it. And what part Joseph plays is clear. He spoke of his dream and shared it in a manner that incited riot in the hearts of his brothers. And I believe that many times we are the ones who are responsible for our own trajectory of pain. And, and sometimes it's through the actual simple revelation of the great things that we know that not only God has put in our heart, but the great things that we know we were meant for in this life. And if we don't go about it the right way, that God will use those around us to make sure that we understand what the right way is. I, I, I like when I discover a shortcut. Have you ever driven somewhere and just came across a faster way of getting to your destination? Just a quicker way of getting there that didn't involve just blindly following an app. And there's a preference that each of us has when we're driving for apps. My wife is devoted to the God of ways. Is anybody else? I, I cannot get her to use anything else. She just will not use anything else. I hate that app for the simple purpose, a reason that it always tells you to take a left and a right when you can just sometimes just go straight. There's no reason to take that left and right. It just demands it because it, it has somehow figured out that it's going to get you there quicker. And sometimes I don't want that. I, I, I don't need that. I just want the straightest route there. Uh, but enough of me and this app. Uh, I sometimes just like it when I figure it out on my own. Just driving, just without the app. Just, oh, if I turn here, and if I go here, and if I do this, I can actually get there quicker. 
I, I actually know several routes home from this church that never ever come up on any app. They never show me, but I know them and I love it because when one route's closed and I see everybody else down blindly looking at the app that they prefer, I have found my way. And I bring this up because I'm proud of it. <laughs> the reason of pride for me that I know this. And, and when I share it, I, I try to do it humbly, but but when you're better than ways, and you're better than Google, and you're better than maps, like, like honestly, when you're better than all of them put together, how can you stay humble? Sometimes you don't realize pride is in you, but it's there. And you don't know how it's going to reveal itself. It could be in something as ridiculous as just a root home. And you don't realize the danger you are to yourself and to others as a result of it. You don't think that this could possibly be a problem, but then all of a sudden this starts to reveal itself in other areas. And that's the thing with pride is that you cannot limit where it goes. You cannot stop how it damages you and others. And, and the effect that it has can be so incredibly destructive. I, I know that if this year you have set goals for yourself and you're saying, listen, in 2023, I want this year to be like no other. I, I am done. I am so done with the failures of the past. This is it. I really want this year to be different. And you wake up most days with that burning desire in you saying, this is going to be a year like, like no other. Then know this, that sometimes we are the very reason we don't experience more. The quarrels in Joseph's family came out of the blessing that God had given him. We sometimes think that the quarrels come just from the evil that is in us. But sometimes, no, it, it, it's, it's a gift from God to see what he saw, to know what his future would be. And yet it got corrupted in his essence. It was pure when God gave it to him. But somehow when it got to him, Joseph didn't know how to manage that. He didn't know what to do with that. He didn't know how to do something beautiful with it in the same way that he had received it. Because he just wasn't prepared for it. So sometimes we can receive the greatest gift, but it gets corrupted by us. In James chapter 4, and in verses 1 to 3, this is what James is talking about. He says, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you. And he says, don't they come from the evil desires that are at war within you? 
He's saying, don't you see that it just comes from within you? The quarrels and the fights, it's not coming from someone on the outside. It's just coming from, from you. And, and you want what you don't have. Look at this. And so you scheme and you kill to get it. That sound like what his brothers? You're jealous of what others have and you can't get it. And so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And then the following verse says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong because you want only what will give you pleasure. And so God is saying, like, when you're, when you're setting out in this year to, to have a year like no other, then you need to make sure that you aren't the reason why that doesn't happen, that, that that isn't the reason why it isn't accomplished. If you go back to verse 2 here in this passage, it talks about how we can be on the opposite side. Not someone who's received the dream, but one who wants to receive it. And hearing someone talk about their dream turns us into the murdering brothers in this story. Where we'll do whatever it takes to take it away from others so that we can have it for ourselves. And then we will fight and we will wage war until we do. And then verse 3 reminds us very clearly that even when we do ask, when we go back to God and we ask God to bless us, we ask God to work in us, we ask God to do something great through us, he says, I can't because your motives are still wrong. I need you to address the motives of your heart. I've given you something pure, which is what he did to Joseph. And, And I'm ready to give you something even greater because that's what the vision spoke about. But the problem is that right now when I give it to you, you aren't ready for it. And I need to keep working in your life. And so what happens is that Joseph goes through a series of events. And we can't get into everything that happened to Joseph in his life, but he gets sold into slavery as opposed to being killed. His brothers can't go through with it. He ends up being bought by a slave master who then takes him and puts him in his own house. He then gets tempted every day by the master's wife to sleep with her. And every day he resists her until one day he has to run from her and others see this happen. And she has no other recourse but to blame Joseph so that she herself doesn't lose her status in Potiphar's house. And so Potiphar, who is in this case his slave master, throws him into jail. And then in jail, Joseph now has been wrongly accused by his employer. And yet... The evidence has pointed to the contrary. And the eyewitness who has come forth has spoken in a manner in which it has caused him to now remain in jail until 
they decide what to do next with him. Have you ever been wrongly accused? Have you ever been mostly wrongly accused, but some of it was right? But there was enough wrong with it that you could say that that wasn't you? That that didn't happen the way that, that they describe it? They got some of it right, but not all of it, and it just gave you just enough space to get out of it? Come on, be honest. Has that ever happened? Because if it has, then you know what it is to be human and, and what it feels like to be accused and what it means to have eyes upon you that are passing judgment and an outcome that is so uncertain that it puts fear in your life and in your heart that you will basically say whatever you need to say just to get out of it. And some of us just live continuously in that space. I'll tell you someone who didn't live in that space, and it was Joseph. Joseph just denied, but ended up being imprisoned anyways. He didn't do anything wrong, but he was accused of it. And because of it, he could have retaliated, but what could he possibly do when he was already powerless? And so unless God gave him power... There was no way that he could get out of the situation that he was in. And if you've ever been in a position where you feel or have felt powerless, you need to understand that in those moments, the one who we should be looking to for our rescue and for our empowerment is God himself. And what Joseph does is that he turns to God. And what God does is that he creates a scenario and an environment where he becomes a dream interpreter. And it makes it possible for him to escape the situation that he's in because he has now become extremely valuable all the way to Pharaoh himself. And what God did is that he gave someone who was completely powerless and someone who had experienced wrongdoing and gave him power. Now many of us here know what it feels like to be powerless, know what it means to be judged and condemned and sometimes wrongly accused and convicted, but none of us know what it means to the extent that we're talking about to be elevated to the place of power that Joseph was then given and the opportunities that came his way. And I'll tell you that if we want our story to be one where we are no longer in Pharaoh's prison, but we are instead at the right hand of Pharaoh in a world like this, it's not going to happen by our own power. It's going to happen because God sees us in our powerlessness and gives us the power we need for the moment to be elevated from the prison we are in to get into the palace that he always destined us for. You cannot go from prison to palace unless God is the one who makes that possible. You can do this on your own. You can try on your own. You can build your fame on your own to a point. But the only thing that lasts are the things that are given by God. Everything else will be temporary. 
Everything else is fleeting. Everything else will last for a season, but not stand the test of time. When God gives a gift, it isn't just for this earth. It is then taken and held as a treasure in heaven. You see, it is eternal. And so what Joseph has to do now that he has risen to this high place of power in the kingdom of Pharaoh is that he now has an opportunity to save his brothers when they come during a time of famine. God keeps speaking to Joseph and he keeps speaking to him in dreams. And he tells him there's going to be seven years of famine and then seven years of of harvest that is going to precede it. So during the harvest years, those seven years of plenty, store up as much as you can. And so he gives this advice to Pharaoh. Pharaoh listens to him, puts him in charge of this project. And now all the other nations are starving except for Egypt. And Pharaoh now has seen what is happening. He's getting richer by the day because during the famine, people are treating all of their wealth for food. And Pharaoh becomes even greater than he ever did before. And it was because of the favor that was on Joseph's life. And now this man who was in prison, who's now in the palace, has an opportunity to now turn on his brothers when they come, them too now, looking for food. And he does something that was completely unexpected. He resists the temptation for retaliation. And so I want you to understand that, that when we want the blessing of God in our lives, it is going to come by understanding that number one, we are the greatest danger to ourselves. And then number two, we have to resist the temptation for retaliation at all costs. That if we will follow this principle, we will understand what this verse means. In chapter 50, in verse 19, Joseph replies to his brothers, I don't want you to be afraid of me. And then he says these words, am I God that I can punish you? You see, he saw himself as someone who was also under God, not someone who had the power to execute retaliation and revenge, even though he was in a position of power to do it. Do you know what humility is? Humility is having power and choosing not to use it. It means having control and relinquishing it. It means having an opportunity and sacrificing it. It means doing something for yourself and instead you choose to do something for someone else. See, it is the opposite of what pride is continuously pushing us to do. What is pushing us continuously to live as someone who is always looking out for their own best interests. It is counter to our patterns. It is counter to our society. It is counter to what we see even from the people that we trust the most. It is counter 
to all that we witness day in and day out. We see people getting ahead and we say, this is the way to do it. You've got to be ruthless. You've got to be driven. You've got to be focused. You've got to be a planner. You've got to be someone who sacrifices everything to be able to achieve what it takes. And then, and then you can look back and be fulfilled. The most fulfilled people I have met in my life and the moments where I have been the most fulfilled in my life has been when I have exercised humility and never pride. Just those moments where I have felt the enlightenment of God, I have felt his presence, I have felt his love, I have felt enveloped by something that was greater and more powerful than anything that I could ever have done for myself. When I have given myself away so that someone else can be blessed, those were the greatest moments of my life. Those were the moments where I know I was the most pure in mind and heart and in life. It is in those moments when I revealed humility and resisted retaliation and pride and the opportunity to seize and to take and to bring things into my life. It is those moments when I have resisted those things that I have been most like Jesus. And I want to encourage you that if you can see what Joseph sees in that moment, where he sees that he is not God and it is not for him to bring about this justice. And so he sees another principle, and I want to share it with you, is that he sees God's hand in everything. And I know it's hard to see God's hand in everything, especially in the dark Especially in those things that are, that are evil and those things that are maybe just in the shadows. But in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 and 21, it says that he gets it and reveals it and he speaks it into his brother's life. He doesn't just say that he isn't God and he leaves it to God. But he says to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. So no, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. And so he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. It's a beautiful verse, right? He had an opportunity there to, to really give them a tongue lashing that they deserved, like just put it to them of what they had done. And it's not that he couldn't have said, hey, maybe I was just a dumb kid and I had pride in me and I never should have shared my dream with you the way that I did and spoke to you guys the way, but you were my brothers. I never would have thought that you would have tried to kill me and then sold me off into slavery. I've spent the majority of my life in a foreign land serving a foreign ruler away from our father, and I never got to grow up in a family. Yes, I have a family of my own today, but I've named my children over my, about my suffering. I've named them after the conflicts that I have lived in my heart and in my life. 
He was a person who was experiencing great blessing in Egypt, but that never felt free because of what had happened to him. And until you get to the place where you can trust God for it all, where you can look at him and say, everything that you meant for evil, I now see that God has been in control all along. Everything that you meant to hurt me with, God has used and he has brought me to this place of blessing instead. Are you able to do that right now to look on your past and to say, I'm going to trust you, God, for everything. I'm going to believe in you for everything. That everything that has happened to me has been for my good. Can, can, you, can you fathom that for a moment? Everything that has happened has been for my good. And you think, but how? How is that possible when, when it hasn't been good? You see, you trust God, and God says, I'm going to take this pain, this trauma, this tragedy. I'm going to take this moment that you would obviously not have wanted to go through, and I'm going to turn it around and give it back to you good. And, and the only one who could do that is God, you see. I can't do that. I have not been able to take one traumatic experience in my life and turn it into something good. I have not been able to do that. It leads me back to a place of anger, resentment, and a desire for retaliation. Anybody else? See, every time I go and revisit my past, that's what happens. Until I say, I trust you, God, that everything that has been allowed in my life, everything that has happened, you were able to take it, everything, and turn it into good for me. Can you do that right now? And just in your mind and in your heart say, God, I give you everything. And I ask you to turn it into good for me. Take that which I hate. Take that which I'm still angry about. Take that which I cannot forgive. Take that which I cannot let go of. Take that which is still ongoing. Hasn't even ended yet. It's still happening. Take all of that and turn it into good in my life. In Jesus' name, can you pray that? Pray that with me. And every time those evil thoughts come back, every time thoughts of retaliation come back, every time your heart goes dark and it goes angry and it wants revenge and it wants vengeance and it wants retaliation, go back to the place where you give it back to God and you say, God, you take it and you turn it into good for me. And you will see that you will get to that very place where Joseph is finally free. And you know when you know you're free? when you're faced with it again. I remember hating a person so much because of the harm they had done to me and my family that I just didn't know how to do what I would say if I ever saw them. And one day I was on vacation with my family. I was like, you know, my wife and my kids, and we were somewhere, and I get out of my car, we're in a parking lot, and, and, and who is in that same parking lot but that person who did that? 
And then I thought to myself, oh, man, of all places, you know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here to get away from, from the pressures of this life. I don't want to be brought right here, right now. This is what God does. He doesn't let you off the hook ever. <laughs> ever. You'll always have to confront the past at some point. We understand that, right? But what he says to us, I don't want you to waste your past. And I don't know what came over me, but in that moment, I, I don't know. It was, it was beyond me. It was, it was supernatural. I, I could have held on to my, my hate, my anger, my resentment, my retaliation. And I'm telling you that this wasn't even two years removed from, from it all having happened. That it was still fresh, you know, where, where the wounds, man, you could still feel them healing. You understand what I'm saying? It's still painful just thinking about it. And, and, I, and I remember just coming out of the car and seeing this person walking right up to them and just flowed from my, my lips in a way that I never thought possible is that I, I forgive you and I release you. And I, in that moment, what I didn't realize is that I had released myself. And I have never again thought back in the same way on those moments. And those moments have been lessons to me that I have held on to and learned from and grown from and have been able to apply in my everyday life because I took a moment to just whisper a prayer before I went and met this person face to face. And I just said, God, Help me. That's all there was time for. A prayer in my head, real quick. And in that moment, it changed everything. In Romans 8, verse 28 to 32, it says this. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's his promise. Then he says, for God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, look at this, he gave them glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who could ever be against us? And since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? God says that I want you to understand that this is my promise to you. Would you trust me with this? Would you believe in this? And would you walk in this in 2023? God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Would you stand as we close in a word of prayer? Father, I want to thank you for every person that has received a dream from you and you're helping them to walk in it. Lord, where they are living out your purpose, 
with your hand upon them, helping them to make sense of, of the past, but not allowing it to be wasted, but used by you so that all things can work for their good. Lord, you want to use every bit of it, every part of it. There is nothing that you cannot use for their good. And you are going to do great things in them and through them, even through those things that we had hoped to never remember or relive again. And today, Lord, we are taught that you can do something with it all and that it doesn't have to hold us back, but it can actually propel us forward like never before. And so, Father, we give it over to you and we ask you to work your good in all and in everything that is in our life. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.